This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome to the Full Blast Podcast on the Makery Network. I'm Jeff Fader. And before we get into it with the great Craig Lockwood, let me talk to you about our sponsor, Axe Wax. You heard it here, guys, Axe Wax. Axe Wax is an all-natural food-safe wax for your axe or your handles of your knives, your hammers, your whatever. Your wood needs a drink, ladies and germs. And then why don't you use something that's all-natural like Axe Wax? And if you go to axewax.us, put in the promo code FULLBLAST10, you get 10% off everything there. So go ahead and get yourself some Axe Wax, get a couple pucks. I just put some on some walnut handles. I love it. I really do love it, and it's great. And and everyone's doing great, and I appreciate the hell out of all of you. And um, there we are, axewax.us. Go support them. I am very fortunate that I have a friend like Craig Lockwood. Craig Lockwood is the president and the generalissimo, the head honcho, the big man behind the Makery Network. He's also the founder of Knife Talk. He is my friend. I'm for, I've never physically met him, but I've been talking to him for years now, which is weird. And he's he's. I'm fortunate enough that he's here. Craig, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I thought today was my day off. Yeah. Uh, we get into that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm good. It's it's been good. And so we put out a knife talk today and it was quite weird for me, you know, to actually listen to it as a sort of a, a listener as opposed to, a, you know, the host. Um, and it's a good show. You, you you guys put up a good show. We held it together. But it, the funny thing is, is well, like technically there were three of you. You, you were, had to call a man in as well. <laughs> there was three of us. There was three of us. We well, I mean, if you want to hear the, you know, the 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 well, Craig couldn't come on because he had whatever the French were cutting up your roads or something. <laughs> I don't know what they were doing. They were taking down your wife, your all the internet or something like that, and you called me up and told me this is no way. Or you texted me from a McDonald's parking lot. <laughs> yeah. There's no way. There's no way we can do it. And then, um, you know. The we're, this is going to be this is going to be the you know inside radio podcast because I'm or because I I'm, I love talking radio especially with Craig and and you know because we do all this stuff with the Makery Network and with with um, Knife Talk and it got to the point where it became so interesting if you listen to Knife Talk at the end we just started we would for years we would kind of go over you know for lack of a better word business because you know whether sponsors or would we do this or a little timing or. The three of us are from different parts of the of the world, you know, and and we have to kind of, you know constantly kind of touch base. And there was one day where I said, you know, I wish we were recording this. It was because we were like, you know, bullshitting it was totally not knife talk. And then we started recording it. And then you started keeping like an extra ten minutes and don't tell anybody. And and that was kind of like a neat way to to have some kind of inside radio. I yeah. really love that. I think we did maybe a couple of months. Um, we've been doing now, and we still get messages from people saying. Do you realize, Craig, that you did you didn't edit it? You didn't press stop, and we could hear all your all your stories. You should you, you need to press stop. And I'm like, I just don't get it. <laughs> that was so much. That I can't believe how many people thought that we that was a mistake on your end. Yeah, I think it's because we haven't sort of announced anything. We it we it just happened, you know. Um, but you know, we're we're decent people. We don't we don't you know slag people off. We're uh, you know, there's nothing bad happening in the after show, but it's just a bit more relaxed, I suppose. And you know, we talk a bit more business, and we talk about you know about the show and that kind of thing. But you, but the weirdest part is, 
like you would think based on how it is that we stop and then start in again a little later. You put the music on at the end and then as soon as the music starts, stops, we just start talking again. So it's basically a giant pause. But yeah. the way that we've ch we change gears in our own minds, it really makes us sound like a completely different bit. Yeah, and I think it we relax a bit more because the show has got more and more manic over the last, particularly over the last couple of months. You know, taking live calls and all that kind of thing. Um, so when it is finished, it is a bit of a relief because you know people don't know. Quite often, we you know one of us will drop out. We'll have a connection issue and. Um, you know, we've got to wait to dial back in and all these kind of things. Um, so at the end of the show, when the show's been a success, it's always a, yeah. you know, and then we can just, you know, we can just talk about whatever, we, you know, whatever it's, we want to talk about. Then. I've been getting a lot of messages from people saying how much fun it is. And, you know, this is part of, you know, like this episode too. It's, it's like, you know, I was originally supposed to have a pretty famous guy on and he, and, it, and I was remiss to talk. I didn't really want to talk about it because... There was a very good chance it wasn't going to happen, and I, in my mind, I thought, I don't know if this is going to happen, and I just don't want to get my hopes up. And of course, I got my hopes up anyway. And you know, when we talk about all these podcasts, there's this misconception that you just turn the mics on and just start talking. Mm. And with Knife Talk, especially, we do a ton of show notes, like getting all the stuff together. Craig does a ton of editing, and we just, you know, putting all the stuff together to make sure that the show kind of has this kind of flow and putting in the drops and everything like that. And for this particular, this podcast was meant to be more of a kind of like, all right, we don't need a lot of production. I don't want a lot of editing. I just want to like have a conversation with somebody. So the funny thing is, is as I've gotten more and more into this, it's changed to the point where I want to be a better interviewer. So part of that is, you know, really, really concentrating on efficiency of, you know, uh, prepare preparation. Yeah. So I get the, we order these guys in, like we, I, I usually line people up within by a month. And then every episode I spend like a week thinking and researching and listening and talking and, and just kind of like understanding this person. So it shows, it shows. It's not, I, I bet a lot of people when they knew you doing your own podcast, after hearing you on Knife Talk, they thought you were just going to be more sort of goofing around and that kind of thing. And I did, to be honest with you. Yeah, me too. Um, but, I wish it was. <laughs> me too. But it does show the amount the amount of, you know, research that you do and and how seriously you take it, you know, and it's 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 always a good listen. And I mean, it's a shame, you know, that professional wrestler you're not going to have this week. It's a shame. But, um, <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair. Who's going to be Ric Flair? <laughs> no, it was not going to be Ric Flair. I, I don't know if I could. See, the funny thing is. Well, Ric Flair is now involved in the knife business. I hear, I hear, I hear, I hear. You sent us a, you sent us a picture. I guess Ric Flair is going to be on the next episode of Forge and Fire. Yeah. So. To to the listeners or to the to watchers of to the knife makers of 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 the world, you better hurry up if you want to be on that show. You better hurry up because if Ric Flair is going to be on that show, this is the Ides of March, baby. This, yeah. is, this shit is this jump shit the is, shark. I don't yeah. know, man. This is yeah, as John Hine would say, this is jumping the shark. This is yeah. uh, not. This is not. If you don't wait, if you really want to apply, I wouldn't wait because this isn't going to happen anymore. Um, uh, which is no, funny. Coming back to your show, what I really like about it is you're not asking um, people, you know, how they do things, uh, you know, or, or, you know, or, you know, what bands are you using, what you know, what tools are you using for that. You don't really have to be interested in in tools and making stuff. Um, 
with your show because it's more about the person and you know what drives them and that's that's what i really sort of like is it's different to other sort of maker maker shows i suppose well it's you're i appreciate you saying that the the one of the main things that sticks in my head is i have this great friend this awesome painter his name's andy barthelmas andy b and i tried to get him to listen to one episode of knife talk a couple of years ago and he's just like look I don't know what the fuck you guys are talking about at all. <laughs> like, I can't get in on this because I just, I don't want to know about what this is. This heat treatment, I don't know. I don't care about the science. This is too much science. And then I was just like, and then I was listening to somebody else's podcast. There's probably Chris, there's probably Chris Zepp's podcast, and they're talking about router bits and stuff like that. I was just like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about, spindle size and all that pathways and shit. I don't want, I don't want people to, I want people to, you know, I want people to be, uh, you know, feel like also, you know, we t I talk to people who are like, you know, people really look up to, and I want them to know that these are people like just like us. I, when I had when I had Salem Straub on that conversation, he is he's arguably one of the you know best knife makers in the country. I don't think I, I don't think anyone would. I don't even think anybody would argue with that. Yeah. But he was so relatable that I thought that it was far more interesting than, you know, how you do your do your stuff. I mean, you know, I I don't need anybody to like. This isn't a tip show, you know. Yeah. And for yeah. me, that was really important, and, and I did like I do, I do like that about that show. But the problem is, is in order to like be be comfortable with the interviewee, and I, I got a good I got a good story about interviews, but you have to kind of get them relaxed, and then you also have to be engaged in the conversation, and it can't be an interrogation. I was on a podcast. I was on a. I was interviewed, and Jesse Jesse Savage was too. Afterwards, this guy. This is the worst. This is the worst interview I've ever been involved with because the guy had. Well, number one, he wanted to be on camera, and it was on Instagram Live, and he was sitting with in front on a on a desk, and he had all this. He had a paperwork with all these questions, and he would ask a question, and then I would answer it, and then he'd go on to the next question. And it was the point where it was like, and then I could see him looking, which which question do I ask next? He had like a pile of questions. And they had nothing <laughs> that, to do with. That was with, the first 20 episodes of Knife Talk, that was. Well, but I mean, <laughs> but here's the, I'm going to tell you, there's, here's the reason why it's different. This guy used the exact same questions on everybody. And it got to the point where it was very clear that he wasn't listening. Mm -hmm. And then there was no back and forth, and there, you did you did listen, and you were going, oh, this is interesting because, and then you were kind of you know hitting the ball back over the, over the net. This dude was not doing that at all. He, what, what's this? What do you do that? And then I'd answer the question, and the next question. And what happens is it also not only does it make you the the interviewee tired, it's boring. And then the funny part was. So he's giving me, he's just hitting me with like interrogation questions. When did you do this? What time did you do this? What years? And I was getting tired and tired and tired. And then he says, what is your biggest fear in business? Or what's your biggest lack of, you know, what's your least biggest success in business? Mm. And then I think I'll just throw something out because this is like a boring conversation. And anyway, so I said something and he, he just jumped on that question and started giving me advice. <laughs> and it was just like show, yeah he was yeah. he set me up to be my guru and it was like so insulting and it was just like i didn't even want to be here it was very clear after about like 45 minutes it's like i know this isn't going nowhere 
And I know that, you know, you're, this isn't going anywhere. And then he set me up to be like, here, Jeff. And he put, you know, putting his hand on my, 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 my uh, shoulder. There, there, Jeff. This is the problem that you're having. And let me fix it. I'm just like, dude, I didn't, <laughs> this is some bullshit. But the, the, but that's what happens with a lot of podcasts. Yeah. You know? I think a lot of people think it's far easier than it is. I think they think you just, you just get a microphone and you're away. Um, and it, there's got to be more to it than that. I mean, I'll be honest. When Knife Talk first started, it pretty much was that, and that the whole point of that show really was, I was sort of very sort of green into into making knives. Um, hadn't been doing it that long, um, and the best way to learn. And I, and I found this in the past doing other stuff as well. The, but the best way to learn is to speak to people who know what they're doing, and that was the whole purpose of Knife Talk to you know interview you know great knife makers. Um, and I learned so, so, so much, you know. Um, and, you know, it had just evolved over time into, into being what it is now, which is more of a sort of radio show and entertainment show, I suppose. But uh, I yeah, have a tough I question think... for you. Yeah, go for it. If you were from, let's just say you were from New Jersey or from any middle middle of America, whatever, mm-hmm. and you didn't have the accent and the, 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 if you didn't have the class that you have, if you didn't, you made everything seem kind of more important and i wonder if you because you, knife talk was a huge success to the point where we would get hate mail or i would get hate mail when we joined on because i was like you know trying to sling in dick jokes every so often and whatever <laughs> and i was like totally i was ruining your reputation i wonder if if you weren't didn't have your accent and didn't have your you know you're well spoken and you're smart and you sound i mean it sounds like a professional bbc show i wonder if you would have had the success you would have if you were just like joe schmo from you know ohio or something that's just the allure of a, of a foreign voice it always sounds more intelligent than it is isn't it well you um, also have experiences in radio well, well yeah yeah i mean way back way back but just always been interested in it as well in in sort of broadcasting um you know, as a kid, I was always, you know, making tapes and all that kind of thing. Just always been, I've always been the sort of the gadget person of the family as well, you know. If something needs to be done or something needs to be recorded, Craig will know how to do that, you know, from a young age. And it, I don't know, it's just always something I've enjoyed doing. Um, and even to the point now where, I, we talked about this in the week, about um, like when I do a knife now, I, I, I like creating these little videos. If I do like a one-off knife, I make a, like a little video for Instagram to go with a knife. And I'm enjoying that more than I'm making the knives at you know at times. Um, it's just that creating something, putting something out there. That's what that's what I've hmm. always you know really enjoyed doing. Did um, you did you tape radio shows? Oh yeah, oh completely, always, Me too. always. Me yeah. Too. So we, we used to have the charts every Sunday, um, and they do you know the top fifty rundown of songs you know of that week, and um, so I'd have two tape recorders. One would be taping the songs, then when the DJ would be talking. I'd fade that out and I'd talk, so I'd introduce the next song instead. Oh my god, that is awesome! <laughs> but but I never knew what 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 next song would be because because it was a, you know it was a countdown, so I never knew what, what that song would be. So we'd just be I'd just be talking shit, you know, as as you a kid. You don't have was. those tapes, still, do you? Um, I don't. I oh god, no. that's called that's called hitting the post. Yeah. So yeah. that was <laughs> that is one of the best. I used to love. Um, when radio shows like Opie and Anthony used to do this thing where they would, exp- I had first, I'd heard of it was like, I don't know, Howard Stern or Opie and Anthony, they were talking about what radio guys do is it's called the talk up. It's called hitting the post hmm. and you, and you, you know, hit the, you know, you do the radio uh, station and the time and then, and then you do a little bit of this. And then as soon as you're done, it kind of goes right into the break, you know? Yeah. 
And I always just, I just thought that was the coolest thing ever. Hmm. But it was, it was mainly because of the music for me, because like obsessional with music as, as like as a young, young kid. And, and we used to, we used to get top of the pops, which is our big sort of music show. It's no, it's no longer on, but like every Thursday night at sort of seven p.m. we'd be top of the pops, and they'd have sort of like ten songs on there, and they'd pretend to sing live. But I'd get all these like biscuit tins out, and they'd all be lined up, and this would be like ten minutes before the show started, so I'd be ready, and I had my drums, my drum um, sticks, um, and you know, and for that half an hour when the show was on, I'd be the drummer in whatever band was was on, you know, and oh, and I remember that from, from when I was sort of five or six years old, and it was just yeah, it's just obsession with with music and um, and not like wanting to entertain because I was always really shy. I'd never want to sort of you know get up in front of people and do it. So this would just be in front of like my mum, you know. Um, but yeah, just obsessional with music and and I think radio sort of came from that then, you know. There's, you know, if if you're going to play music, you can have to talk about the music and all that kind of stuff. Did you play the tapes back and listen to them? Oh, always, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you were able to you were able to kind of fade their their voice. How did you mix it so your voice was doing the talk ups? So I'd have two tape recorders. So we we'd have the radio on. Um, I'd have one recording everything, and when the song had finished, I turned down the radio. And then I'd do the talking. And if you looked at the the, the level meters, the little LEDs that go up and down, you could tell when the music was coming back on. So then I'd turn the radio, turn the radio back up, and then the music would fade back in. Oh my God, you've been <laughs> doing this forever. This is this is the reason why you're so good at, at all the all the stuff on Knife Talk. It, it was just like geeky. That's all it was, I suppose. You know, just being able to yeah work out how two tape machines work. That's all it was, really. My my dad gave me a rec- uh, small tape recorder with a microphone, and I used to read when I was very young. I used to read Babar into the microphone, and I wanted to read it because I wanted to hear it back. And I really liked. And then I would start to tell jokes, and then I would record <laughs> the jokes on the tapes. I love that shit. I love. I don't think that the, you know. The funny thing is, is you know. I was listening to. Uh, there's a. I sent you a clip of this guy's name's Chris Mad Dog Russo. He That's the is sports guy, isn't the it? Sports guy. He's yeah. fucking crazy. They call him Mad Dog for a reason. His voice is nuts, but he and he's really like the backbone of sports radio. But you you could listen to him if you don't like sports because he just gets so. There's something with his voice, his accent, the way he the way he you know talks. It's just like there's sometimes there's some voices that you just can't help yourself. Yeah, and yeah. he was recently on Howard Stern, and they were talking. They were doing, you know, talking about why podcasts are no good right now. And one of the things that he's like, you know, especially after the pandemic, and you and I have seen this. You know, when you started the Makery Network. We had, before the the Makery Network, we had, you know, when pandemic release first started, we were like, we should do more content to keep people kind of calm and chill. Yeah. And it was, and but then all of a sudden, I was just like. Why are we getting paid the same amount of money for doing <laughs> extra shows on the same show? We should do more shows because I don't want to just be asking, you know, hey, man, can I ask you a question twice a week, you know? Yeah. And the funny thing, well, not the funny thing, I think everyone had the same idea because all the podcasts, people just were at home creating podcasts to the point where we have this one thing that you're not crazy about this uh, service that... Uh, this internet service that kind of tracks numbers and stuff like that, not mm. ratings and stuff like that. It just feels like we've been everything has been washed away to a certain degree, you know, because the volume of podcasts. Maybe, um, 
uh, my biggest issue with that thing is I, I know for a fact that those figures are just completely made up because I hmm. get to see you know the real analytics of the files being downloaded, that kind of thing. Um, I, I think, yeah, people were trapped in their houses, nothing to do. Um, there's been, like, especially here in the UK, there's been a number of sort of high-profile celebrities who have sort of started podcasts and they've gone, they've gone huge. Um, so, you know, more and more people know about podcasts than I suppose. So they were like, well, that's, that seems easy. Well, you know, I'll start one. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe that's it. But, I mean, the thing is, like, knife talk for us now, yeah, it's fun. We have a laugh. Um, but it, it, it is also, you know, a money earner for us as well. You know, it's, yeah. it's, and it's become, you know, quite significant. You know, if it was just one of us, it's, it's a decent sort that's, of I salary. Real. I think that's But unfortunately, I've got to split it with you two monkeys. But. <laughs> that's what, you know, you saying the same thing I say to other people, like, we didn't have to split that money. Boy, maybe we could, you know, relax a little bit more. But the, but, you know, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was just going to say, the reason I think that works is it's very difficult to make money podcasting. Um, if you're just relying relying on sort of ad revenue, um, unless you're you know one of the freak podcasts that gets you know hundreds of thousands of listeners you know every 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 single day, um, but what, what I think we've done is we've managed to hit the sweet spot of finding a community which we're part of, obviously, um, but we can sort of promote products that which are related to that to our community. So we're not just slinging you know mattresses and you know, dick pills, dick pills. We're doing stuff that's relevant. Um, so we, we've got a value to, to people who have a product for our audience, you know, and that's what I think a lot of podcasts are not doing. They're not finding a community. And I mean, that's not what knife talk did because it, it all started because of the community. We did, you know, we didn't create a community we, we just, you know, we just hooked into that. Right. But, um, yeah, I think a lot of podcasts aren't doing that. They're just, they're just, Generic. They want to hit every sort of demographic. Demographic. Can't even speak. Demographic that they can find. Um, but whereas we know, we know our audience, and, and we're quite happy with that. One of the things that Mad Dog was saying was the big problem. The difference between radio guys, real radio guys, and podcast guys is longevity. Because mm. radio guys are doing it every day, or four days a week, or five days a week, three hours a day, or doing their shift. And they're getting better and better and better, and then people are constantly tuning in. But what happens with a lot of podcasts, and I know this for a fact, I know a lot of people who, who start a podcast, they have an idea, I want to do a podcast, and then all of a sudden it's fun and it's exciting and it's get the chair, let's get the big chairs and look at the headphones and I'm going to get the backdrop and I'm going to get all, and then all of a sudden after five weeks, you're just like, now what do I talk about? Yeah. And, and yeah. it's like... The, the you you the hardest part is and this is what Mad Dog was saying is is like these pe people don't have the guts to the, you know, he was saying guts he was saying it's hard for people to realize that it's not easy for everybody and you have to be able if you're going to commit to it you have to commit to it yeah yeah and that's what that that is the number one thing I remember saying to you when we started in with when you pulled me in record and it's like I want to do this every week I don't want there to be like when you want to do it next because. You lose, you lose, you know, you, we're going to lose that listeners. Momentum. We're going to take, yeah. we're going to get new listeners. We're going to lose listeners, but you have to have momentum because you do get better too. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I mean, if we listen back to our, you know, early shows, oh. even when you and Marek were joined, very different. We didn't sort of know each other. We couldn't bounce things off each other. You know, our timings were all sort of all over the place because we didn't, you know, now we've got this sort of, 
sixth sense of you know what the other will say and uh, you know we know each other's timing where we didn't and we were talking all over each other and yeah. uh, you know, it wasn't good it was hard because well there's a few the craziest reason the craziest you know we we talk about on knife talk about how like incremental progression inc incremental uh steps to get better is the sincerest way to grow as a knife maker but the podcaster did the same way i mean we've taken these tiny little steps and and these little steps have grown and it's to the point where i'm not saying we're the best podcast in the world we are the best knife making podcast in the world that's a fact we're number one <laughs> knife making number that's a radio gut thing guys you gotta say you're the best because you know facts are facts but it, it we don't us, believe it who else will <laughs> if that's right but it, i mean listen damasteel believes it so that's all that really matters <laughs> but but it was it took it took a lot of little things you know, and and just these little things like the biggest, I would say one of the biggest changes in Knife Talk was just changing our timing of when we record. Yes. That is like, <laughs> that is like, it's a different show. Yeah. Mareko is not a morning person. And wow. that is not, and I should have known because when we were at Blade Show, I was sitting at a table with uh, Charlie Lionheart, a J, a Jeremy Spake, Will Stelter, and I don't know who else at the table. Mareko shows up to the table and he says, I'm an asshole in the morning. Just don't talk to me. And I should have really come be like, whoa, maybe it's just today. And I'm, and I'm just like, well, I've got an idea. Why don't you wake up at 6 a.m. every Sunday and talk to me for two hours? <laughs> we didn't <laughs> tell him to move across the country three times, three hour time zone away. I mean, he was, yeah. he was like so sitting pretty in, in Connecticut. But we, but just changing it from sun, Sunday mornings just to kind of get it out of the box to finishing it off Friday afternoons where you can have a pop or two it has really changed the way we podcast yeah yeah so it's well it's 9 p.m for me I think it's, it's 3 p.m for you 3 p.m and midday for Morocco so right. yeah we're all in a much better sort of mindset definitely oh I mean it's like I mean and then to create the after show and then to figure out and workshop the idea of taking calls in the after show I mean, it's, you know, it's remarkable. And, and I owe, I owe it all to you, really. I mean, we've just done all, like the facilitating, but I mean, you, you're the, you're the one who's kind of put the, all this together. I'd amazing. say 70% of our content is now coming from the listener, you yes, know, because they, they're sure. ringing in or they're sending in questions. Um, so it, it's always going to be fresh that way, isn't it? I know we keep, we will have the same questions and, you know, the, the same people will maybe call each week or whatever, but the content's always going to be fresh. <laughs> Ultimately, it's fun, but I mean, this is this is the thing that people have to real. I, I think that I've been a fan of podcasts for a long time. I mean, if if Nico Tavernisi hadn't, you know, kind of had a bigger, you know, if he had more regular situation and it was easier for him to update, I probably would still be doing the downward spiral. We used to have we we had the potential to be better. It was harder, but because he had to do everything and he was so bitter about it that it was like hard to keep doing it. But I mean, like. I'm a, such a fan of it, but it's because I come from a fan, a, a huge fanship of radio. And, you know, the, I listen to radio every day. I listen to I listen to a little bit of NPR, but I mean, it puts me in the right to sleep. And then I listen to Howard just because he's the old school radio guy. And it's funny. And he, and I learn about interviewing and back to the, you know, that guy who was interviewing me. I mean, it was just like, it was so bad to the point where all of a sudden I started to realize all the interviews that I was on in podcasts people were saying the same they were asking the same questions and the yeah. main question was hey jeff tell us about yourself hmm. how did you get into knife making well yeah. that's different how do you get to, into knife making is different but 
Because, I mean, you didn't have a whole lot of time when you were interviewing your people. A lot of times people will get on an interview and then they'll just go into tell us about yourself, tell us your story. And they're hoping that the interviewee tells a story. But what they're telling you is they're telling you the Instagram polished version that is not very, you know, it's very saccharine. It's really kind of, you know, it's like the talking points on the website. It's not really getting to know who the person is. And that's what I don't want. I got enough podcasts where they would say to me, tell us a little bit about yourself. And then I'd give the whole sentence, sculptor from New York, the knife maker. And it was just like, it was so boring. I was like, why, why, why don't you just listen to the other podcast then? Yeah. You know, be on the one that I was on before. Yeah. So when did you start that one with Nico? How long ago was that? <sighs> Nico was, this was interesting because he, he didn't start working for Darren Aronofsky. Uh, he was just starting, he just worked on the movie Pie with Darren Aronofsky. Mm. And then we were talking and he and I would go to parties and he's got such a, he's so funny and he's got crazy stories. And he and I were talking one day, and I was just like, you know, we should do a podcast because he was interviewing people for the behind the scenes for Darren's movies. Right. And then I was like, you know, we should do a podcast. So I was talking, it was, he did, I mean, we even talked to Dar uh, Darren about being on it, and he goes, what's a podcast? I mean, this was like, <laughs> this had to have been, this is over 10 years ago, yeah. way over, maybe even closer to, closer to 15 years ago, if that's yeah. possible. And because um, I had been listening to Joe Rogan who I'm, I appreciate Joe Rogan because he's destroyed podcasting for everybody else. He makes everybody think that how e it's as easy as it is. And he make, he is the spawn of the worst podcast of all time. But I appreciate the fact that, you know, he don't tell you how to do it. You know, he's just like, mm. you know, um, and then, uh, we thought, let's just fuck, fuck around. And then we started to do it and we both had different opinions of what we wanted to do, but it was, there were funny moments. I mean, there was a moment where a skunk walked into the garage while we were recording. Did they tell you that? <laughs> oh, jeez, no. It was so funny because we were recording in his garage, and our friends were there, and and one of the friends was a touring. Uh, he's the front man of this heavy, of this very famous heavy metal band called A Storm of Light. Great, great guy, neighbor of ours. And we were in there, and we were just bullshitting around, something like that. And all of a sudden, his wife says, "There's a skunk in here." And everyone jumped off the mic, and then except for me, because I'm such a radio nerd. In my mind, that was my uh, during 9/11, the radio people didn't leave the space. They, they stayed with the radio station. <laughs> the skunk was your 9/11. The skunk was my 9/11, and I said that too. I'm like, I said, this is my 9/11 moment. I'm not going to abandon the listener. I'm going to broadcast this skunk walking around me. And he started noodling around, and I'm just slowly talking. And the guys are like, you, got, you can hear in the background, I'm going, he's getting closer to you. And I'm like, I'm, and I was slowly, slowly, I'm not leaving the microphone. I'm like, no, this is an important radio moment here. I need to be on the mic while this, you know, I make it sprayed, <laughs> and I'm just talking to nobody. Everyone's outside laughing because I'm such a dork. I'm just like, I'm not leaving this fucking microphone. This is my duty. To, to do, it was, and I said, this is my 9-11. I, I can't leave this. I can't leave because of the skunk. That was really funny. Uh, but, um, you know, yeah, yeah. So Nico's great. And the problem was it turned into like a, it, more of a therapy session for him. And he was just, he was just telling problems. And sometimes the problems <laughs> were great. But sometimes he was one of the amazing parts. And I had to get like afterwards, I was like, dude, you should not post that part. 
I was, you know, and there were like, he would, he would say such awful things about some of the actresses that he worked on with on oh, sets. Geez. Oh, yeah. This person's a cunt. This person's this. I was like. But, which is you, what people want to hear, I suppose. Oh, but. 100%. <laughs> but you can't. Bur- See, that's the other thing with, 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 with uh, the Full Blast podcast. When I talk to the people I talk to beforehand, I say to them, and I actually have a one sheet email because I don't want to just say it every time. I won't put you in a spot that you don't want to be in because, you know, drama is great for radio, but I, you're my friend. I'm only really talking to my friends or people that I know and respect yeah. and I don't want to take advantage. And ultimately, these episodes are not long life. They don't have a huge life and it's not worth the. Ju- it isn't worth it to just to burn somebody. Yeah. And I've had people say, and I've had conversations beforehand. I was like, if there's somewhere you don't want me to go, let me know now. And they'll be like, oh, yeah, don't talk about this, 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 and this. And I'm just like, it's fucking exactly what I want to talk about. I have, I someday I will have like a whole manifesto of all the things people don't want to talk about because it's just it was just so interesting. But you know, you can't. That, that would be interesting in itself. Yeah. Just oh yeah. Oh, things. dude. Yeah. I wish. I mean, at some point it would be great because I have this like. I mean, you know, you know who I've talked to. So I got something somebody don't want to talk about. I just it was just but it was like you do you you also when you're a host you, you I think that it's important to have a degree of trust. The trust yeah. comes from the uh the person that you're talking to because otherwise if they're if they're if they feel like they're being attacked like the, the other that other uh the guy I was having a horrible time with he kind of surprised me with a question that was meant to be was meant to catch me off guard. Mm. And yeah. um and it was Which like is what- journalism has become trying to get that headline you know you know like professional journalism you know on the tv and uh, you see interviews on the news they're just trying to get that sound bite that little headline which can be all over the papers the next day and so on but the the, but you would imagine that the the pool of people listening and the pool of people it's too it's so big you never run into these people i mean Mm. i can't burn any of these people because (laughs) i'll bump into them we live in a small world yeah we live in a super small world um, but I just remember, I just remember being tricked, not tricked, but like I was asked a question that was like meant for me to be uncomfortable yeah. and I answered it fine. But at the same time, I was like, I knew what you were doing with that. And it was, it was just like, I don't want to, I don't want to break the trust of the people that I'm talking with, you know? Yeah, that's fair enough. Fair enough. Because in the beginning of this thing, it was like the people started, I had a bad reputation that I was going to make people cry. You know, and I, and I don't know where that came from. It came from. Well, I'll tell you what it came from. I was thinking about this. Is it's funny because when I first started in, I first started in. Um, you and I were talking. I don't know what it was, and I just like you know when I ask questions, I'm I'm literally legitimately curious. You know, like what wow, that must have been felt weird, or I I just kind of like, and I definitely remember. And here's the thing. The other thing is I had to turn before we started this, I had to turn my phone off. I don't have notes. I don't have the phone on anymore because I don't want to feel like the person I'm talking to is thinks that I'm distracted because that happens too. And one of the things you and I used to text a little bit when we would do knife talk. And I remember there was a moment when we had Jason Knight on. I remember this love Jason Knight. Jason Knight is the greatest. That is actually a great interview. But there was this moment where he, I told him the story that Quentin Middleton was on this, on Full Blast podcast. And he was very like emotional about the fact that Jason had saved his life. He just said it in a way. 
And we were talking about Quentin and blah, 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 blah. And next thing you know, I see this text from Craig. Are you trying to make him cry? And then I said, <laughs> let's see what we can do here. And I think I went like, I think you could even hear it in that episode where I'm like, I got a little bit him. too, I got a little bit too like arrogant. And I, that was the last, and I said to him like, do you know that Quentin Middleton said you <laughs> saved his, and I, I'm even. If you go back to that episode, I'm, I'm purposely, I have a smiling Craig in my ear, knowing you're gonna make him cry, are you? And I, <laughs> I generally went for a tear. We got him. He got a little bit sentimental at one point, but it wasn't exactly where I wanted it to be. And I was just like, what am I doing? But I just definitely, you can hear that episode. If you hear that episode, you definitely hear me saying, Quentin Middleton said you saved <laughs> his life. Can you believe that? What did that feel like? And I'm thinking, all right, here we go. Come on, roll the dice, you know, sevens. And I don't think you got him on that one, but I had to stop texting with you because it's just got like, you know. That was that was your line for those first few episodes was, how does that make you feel? <laughs> well, Were you close to your father? How did that make you feel? Well, you know? I mean, you know, if you go back into these episodes, the Chris Cash episode was really interesting because – He's a great guy. And I just, the funny part with Chris is he's awesome. He's, there is not a nicer, more supportive person than Chris Cash, period. I, Chris is just a dynamite guy. And I just, it just, some of the things, I just know him a little bit. And some of the things he was saying, I was making connections. Like there were these connections. And he, afterwards, he was like, you know, I was, t people said that I, you were going to try to like trick me into, well, not trick me, but like get me to say things that wasn't. And I said, there's just no way Fader's going to get anything out of me. And he's, and he just says to me, he's like, you got everything out of me. <laughs> it was just like, but I felt like a little bit, I felt a little bit, it wasn't really what I wanted. I, I didn't feel, I felt a little dirty, to be honest with you. I felt like I was, <laughs> I felt like I was taking advantage to a certain degree. I mean, obviously I didn't, but it just, yeah. you know. I had to like kind of weed my way out of that, but yeah. at certain. But with that said, there are certain moments I had no choice. Hmm. You know, you make the show interesting. That's that's what you need to do. So it's all good. Well, when Mareko was on, hmm. and he alluded to the fact that he had lost his job from Bob, yeah, he, I had no choice but to say you can't. You know, you have to. You can't. You can't expect me to like uh, not say anything about that. Because yeah. I had heard an uh, episode of another podcast where they were talking to a, a knife maker, and he was talking about his life, and it got a little. He was, I might have gotten a little too uncomfortable for the the hosts, and they just kind of like, you know, changed the subject. Yeah, and in my mind, pardon me, just glossed over it and moved on, well, kind of thing. They knew where it was going, and they were just like, I don't want to be a part of this, and it was very clear. And in my mind, I'm like. <laughs> He's giving you the good stuff. He's he wants to tell you these things. You gotta let him do it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Difficult game. Well, you gotta have there's it's it you you do become you do become a little bit uh responsible because you know, Friday I get messages, where's the podcast? You know, it's like <laughs> And if, and it's like you you have no choice. But I I think that I think it's really important to, you know, I just think that when guys I get we you get messages I get messages about you know I'm thinking about starting a podcast has some things to say, what should you do? I I believe you have to be very, I think that you have to, you have to keep going. You have to be very honest with yourself and say, 
I have to do this every day or every week, and this is what's expected of me. Yeah, yeah. And I, I get them every day, every single really? day. Some, somebody will message me saying, I'd like to start a podcast, um, you know, whether it could be on the makery or if you've got any tips. Um, and I the, the main thing is always, like, does, does the world need this? Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do we need another knife-making podcast? And I'm not saying that just because we've got a podcast and we don't want competition. It's, it's not competition. I don't see it that way. Um, but it's just, you know, what are you going to bring to the table kind of thing, you know? Um, is it needed? And, well, but you ha or you have to put, you have to separate yourself out, you mm. know? And I think that the biggest problem that most people have is they're unable to express themselves in an original way. You know, yeah. people just use these trite expressions that they've heard from other people. And then all of a sudden, it just doesn't sound like it's anything original. Yeah. And I'd say for the first... When you and Morocco got involved in the show, um, it probably took a good year before... I wasn't sort of playing at it, if you know yeah. what I mean. You know, but you know, we'd have notes, but I'd have like you know my secret notes as well, my side notes of things that you know that I wanted to say or things that I needed to pick up on and things like that. But now, it, you know, because now we know each other, we're you know we're, we're mates and we we can we can just chat like we are now. Um, and that's when the show massively improved, I think, when the three of us just sort of relaxed a bit more. Um, and we, yeah, we goof around and that kind of thing. I think it definitely took more than a year. I yeah, I mean, maybe we've been so. doing yeah, it for like three so. years. Probably so, yeah. I mean, you and I kind of go back and forth saying this one was the best one we've done. And mm. it's. I think that it's taken, I think that I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that it's, we just keep on trucking, keep on trucking, keep on trucking. And, you know, one of the other funny, interesting thing is just in terms of podcasts too is I used to curse a lot more in the beginning. Mm. And then, and it wasn't because I thought, you know, people just don't need to hear it. I felt like I can express myself better and use, you know, obscenity a little bit more for dram dramatic effect later. You know, it didn't yeah. really have to be every other word. Yeah. It seemed as if um, the three of us almost played a character for a while. Right. Where uh, you were the, the loud mouth. Right. Um, I was the one trying to control everything. And Mareko was the, this is the quiet, thoughtful one. Right. Um, and now that, it's changed that was, completely. Yeah, and that was almost the characters we were playing. We were yeah. playing up to, I suppose, as well. Oh, 100%. Um, but 100%. now we're just, we're just ourselves, and, and that, well, I think that's why it works. Now you're the one that everyone seems to be hanging up well, on. You're the, you're the well, demon now, on the show. And now I'm it's, the it's reason 9 p.m. on a Friday for me, so I've generally had, <laughs> had, had a couple, you know? So it, things are slightly different. I, I appreciate, I really appreciate how it's changed. And it's changed in a way that I just didn't expect. You know, I for the first couple of years, I thought, well, at any point, Craig's just going to be like, yeah, I can't do this anymore. And I wouldn't blame you. And um, and then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, like we've said this before, our, our sponsors, like, they tongue kiss us when they see us. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's stunning to me. It's stunning to me how much our listeners are, are supportive of the sponsors. And, you know, obviously, yeah. doing that. But it, I... I I appreciate, I appreciate, I appreciate all, I, I love all of it, honestly. I love it, all of it. But th there is this kind of, I think that with podcasts, and I'm hoping that a lot more drop out, be honest with you, because it's just like, it's, it is kind of muddying the waters. I mean, the big joke within the world is everyone's got a podcast, you know? Yeah. I mean, even if, I mean, you just mentioned the sponsors, for example, even if we didn't have the sponsors, 
I think it's got to the point now where with the three of us that I enjoy that sort of Friday night now. It's yeah. the end of the week and I'm literally having a chat with mates now. Um, so, you know, even if it wasn't a podcast, I'd still miss it, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I completely understand. I think that there's also, but the fact that you've created the structure and that we've created little bits and we changed things over and now now we've gotten to the point now where I can even, even in the last episode of Knife Talk, I turned to Mareko, I say, hey, we got hot takes, we got this, what do you want to do? And then I'll let him choose. The yeah. fact that we're able to kind of like be kind of natural as opposed to okay now we stop here and we do this it's much there's much more of a kind of a sincere flow you know yeah yeah it takes a while it doesn't take yeah, it's not it does. easy to do yeah and like i said now it's it's far more enjoyable than it's ever been as well so are you ready for damasteel are you excited about this dam we're going to be doing our first live podcast this is like a big deal yeah well it's a live one with video too so yeah, it's a and weird one. Because this episode is coming out on Friday. We might as well talk about it because yeah. you can do it on you it's on Saturday. It's on Saturday. So if you're listening Friday, Saturday at three PM Eastern Standard Time, and I guess that's nine PM uh Craig's time. Yeah. And twelve yeah, European, PM twelve European standard time. Which is confusing. Both EST. So you're on EST and I'm on EST, but we're six hours difference. So yeah, European standard time is nine PM. Um, and 3 p.m. for your Eastern Standard Time, <laughs> and 12 noon for, uh, is it PST? Yeah, PST. Yeah, PST. Yeah. The time, this is one of the great things about podcasting and the worst at the same time. The time zones are brutal. When I, invite, when I talked to Mert Tansu, <laughs> we were off by an hour, and it made it impossible to have a good conversation with him. And I'm going to have him back on, but it was like, it got to the point where I was just like, I'm not talking to Australians anymore. I can't figure out the time. I was like <laughs> literally like counting my fingers and I'm like, I'm getting it wrong and one hour makes a difference because I want to have Kev Slattery on at some point, but we can't work out the time. Like it's yeah. just annoying. But in regards to Damasteel, so, so Damasteel is going to be, you're going to be, if you go to Damasteel, uh, go to their uh, go to their website, uh, you can, I think somebody's saying, Fingal is saying that the tickets are free. They are, possible? they are, yeah. So if you Google Dharma Steel Chef Invitational, um, they've got this special page on the site ready where you can you can register. Tickets are completely free. Oh. Um, and there's, I th is there 15 or 16 um, knife makers who are invited every year? Um, so they don't allow anybody, you know, just to show up with their knives. It's, it's like a knife show, but they, they'll they'll handpick the, the, the knife makers. And Fingal is one of them this year, as he was last year, quite rightly too. Um yeah, and, and they've got a bunch of knives to sell. Um, and it's like a real event. So we did a tech run through today so I could have a look at the sort of how it all works. Um, so there's a main stage where uh, there's like cutting demonstrations and there's stuff going on. Um, but then the knife makers have booths and you can go into the booth and you can, um, you know, you can have a look at their knives, pictures of their knives and that they'll be for sale. So, you know, for a lot of these knife makers, it's going to be the only chance really to buy one of their knives because most of these have waiting lists for years and years. Um, but they, yeah, they've got some knives available at the Chef Invitational. Um, so it'll, it'll be cool. And we've got a booth there where we're doing the live podcast. So, so a bunch of knives. Will we be able to know, will you be able to know how many people are in the room? Yes, yes. So we've get a, we, we'll get a full list of who's in the room. Um, there'll be like a, a chat facility as well, so they can people can send us questions if they want. 
Um, we can also bring people in as well, like into the conversation. So there, Michael and camera will go live. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting for us because first of all, we're on camera, which we never normally are. Um, we're going to have a different audience because these aren't particularly, you know, our our sort of subscribers, if you like. These are people who are interested in buying knives at the Chef Invitational. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of crossover, um, but it's 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 going to be real fun. I think it's going to be very different. Um, I mean, we're quite lucky. We we've already spoken to a lot of the knife makers who are exhibited right. anyway on the show. Right. Um, so we got you know we got some rapport relationship with with some of them. Um, some of them don't speak English though. <laughs> some we haven't met and they don't speak very good English, Ugh. but they're keen to come on the show. Um, and we, we will be speaking to a chef as well, um, who uh, many people will sort of recognise. Tyler Florence. So, Exactly. Yeah. So that it'll be cool. It'd be it'd be a cool thing for us to do. Do you think Pete, we can, if the way to, in this now back office back office radio, will they be able to chat about the? If you can say, all right, if you have a question, do you you want to come on and ask, talk about, put in the chat what you want to talk about, you know, yeah. and then we can drag them in, and then maybe it'll be a little bit more streamlined, you know. Yeah. So there's a live chat box like next to the video preview. Um, and we, yeah, we can always bring them into the video if we want to then as well, or we can just take, you know, questions via, via, via text or, yeah. Um, but it'd be interesting, not just doing questions though, just, you know, just doing a normal show and chatting and yeah. just getting people sort of, you know, people's opinions and, and all that kind of stuff that the whole idea of it really is, is to send people off to the booths, I suppose. So people buy these knives and people get interested in Dharma steel. Um, that's the reason I suppose we're there, but you know, we can have some fun doing the show too. Are you going to get dressed up? No, hell no. I am dressed up. I am going to get dressed up. <laughs> I can't up. remember the last time I got dressed I'm up. I'm not going to wear a tie, but I'm going to wear I'm going to wear a blazer. Really? And, yeah, wow. I'm going to look good. Because I get listen. Here's the Have problem. You got one of those t-shirts with a tie <laughs> no, printed on the. I, I, you know, I've never. I've always thought those are the. Those are like summer camp t-shirts. I've never had one of those. Thank God. I hate those. This is stupid. <laughs> but I will have. I will be wearing a blazer. And I'll have a, I'll have a very, I'll have a good pocket square. I'll look, because in my business, opinion, Jeff. I'm telling you, listen, I come to the table when it, this, right now I'm sitting in my Jeep. I'm actually very comfortable, but I did get a really nice chair that doesn't squeak. I, that's the thing is like, I hate the noises, except for the last episode of Knife Talk with the, the electrician, I had an electrician <laughs> in the podcast. That was my favorite background noise of all time. Here comes the Sawzall. <laughs> Here comes the Sawzall. It was so great. He, you know, the best part. Part was and you and I were talking about this is Mareka was so calm. Normally he's not that calm, but like when the, he just allowed it to happen and he was just it was really funny. It was really funny. here comes the sawzall. That was the best. That was the line <laughs> of the show. Um but like I got this I got like this really expensive chair. I mean for me it's expensive chair like a two hundred dollar you know what's I went to a website that says what's the best the quietest podcasting chairs. I got a quiet podcasting chairs. I I I did some like sound checks in my shop to see if it wasn't going to be echoey. And then I'm going to put a background behind me. Cause I mean, you know, like I can't, we can't, we, we need to like make people think that we're like, you know, legitimate, but we you have to look a little bit pro, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'd like to think that is the sort of future of the podcast as well. Everybody's going that route and, yeah. you know, and it seems to be the natural progression, but I think, yeah. So I think Saturday night, it'll be almost like a demo demo for us, you know, to see right. how that would work as right. well. So it'll be I, cool. It'll be cool. I don't know how many people, I know that like a lot of big podcasts 
go on YouTube because once, you know, that whole YouTube thing is once you get the views and the subscribers, then you just get, I mean, I always refer to it as like a bounty. Like it was from, mm. you know, from YouTube, just start sending you money. And the whole YouTube thing is so interesting, but at the same time, it's like, I was talking to my kid because I'm working on a project that I should, that would be great. That would be great. I might as well tell you, I'm working on an idea for a television show. And it's mm. the very basics, the basic beginnings of it. And it has the... Is this based around what what was happening before with a possible TV show? Well, no, that was a TV show. That was a, that was a, like a, more like a game show-y, mm. not game show, but it was more like, it wasn't even like Forge and Fire because it was more like the idea from the original show that we never did the sizzle reel because of uh, COVID was I was going to... Uh, and if you're listening to this and you know that I know that you're a thief, remember. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I'm being being forthright here. So the, it, it would be basically I would team up with the chef, or another knife maker would team up with the chef, and the chef would say, "I'm going to do this dish, and I'm going to need this knife for this dish." And then the first half of the show would be, you know, figuring out the knife, making the knife, and then the second half of the show would be giving that knife to the chef and the chef cooking the dish with it. Yeah. So that would be give you the opportunity to use different cooks and different chefs and different uh, people and different. You had the ability to be like, you know, also to be a little bit uh, in, uh, educational in regards to the different types of knives that people use and maybe different cooking techniques. And it was like a good it was a good concept for a show to the point yeah. where this guy who said to me, I'd like you to pitch me a show. I pitched him the show and he brought it to the Food Network who said it was too masculine. That was the words that he said, which is like, come on, man. I mean, whatever. And then they pitched it. I think they were about to pitch it to Netflix. And then we were going to do a sizzle reel. And the sizzle reel would be they were going to send a camera crew down here to do like, you know, pictures of this and, you know, maybe pictures of the chef and be making a knife or was somebody making a knife and doing like, a, you know, something to get to the next st step. We would gotten to past two steps to make it, you know, potentially do the pilot. And then we yeah. just didn't get anywhere. And then, you know, it would have been, it would have been fine. It would have been great. It would have been interesting, an interesting show, but not what I wanted to do. The, mm. What I'm going to be writing now, and I don't need, you know, talking about it is like only dumb because it's like, I haven't, I have, I've thought about it. I've, I've been writing about it. it. I'm at such a small, small level, but where was I going with this? Oh, so my, my kid said to me, because I said to to her that you know, it would be good as a TV show because the concept is really really good. Like it's, I wanted to do a scripted, like uh, comedy or drama or something like that. It had the potential to be a very interesting show, and he, she said to me, "Why don't you do it on YouTube?" And I'm like, "I'm not getting involved with that." And we had this whole conversation about YouTube, and I know that a lot of the listeners of this podcast are YouTubers and. God bless you. But back to our podcast, we were thinking about at one point doing. You know, Seventy percent of them should stop. By the way, <laughs> as a, that's what <laughs> that's what Eric Markman said on the last podcast. He said seventy five percent of of podcast of knife makers should stop their YouTube channel, which I thought was very funny. Um, but I mean, you know, we could do have this podcast on YouTube. But the problem is, is like, I think it's hard to watch. You know, I think it would be a hard show to watch. Don't you? Yeah, I I think a lot of our our listeners listen because it's they're in the shop. It's something they can do while they can listen to whilst they're doing other stuff. Whereas YouTube takes your attention, it takes your eyeballs, doesn't it? It stops you doing stuff. 
So, yeah. I it, It's a difficult one because everybody seems to be going the video route. Right. Um, so the way I sort of – our sort of next sort of step, I suppose it would be video – but then the audio would still go live on a Monday morning right. as a sort of traditional podcast. So you're not missing those people either. Um, but it's 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 a lot of extra work. Right. Um, it's a lot of extra expense because if we're doing it, we're going to do it. You know, we want to do it right. Nice cameras. Um, yeah, and and also I think you know if we if we think of this, you know, regards to value to a monetary value to us. There wouldn't necessarily be any extra because if it was live on YouTube, you don't necessarily have ads on YouTube live. Right. You know, um, maybe the the episode would then go, you know, as as a normal sort of YouTube episode, so people can come back to it later. We put ads in it that way. Um, I don't know. It just to me, it just seems like a natural pr- progression of of you know of what we're doing. Um, and you know, I, I like these little bits that we do. Like we, we occasionally do a quiz yeah. and all these things. Yeah. And, um, like everybody else in the world, I've been doing, you know, like zoom quizzes with family and stuff like that. Um, and I go like overboard, <laughs> like completely overboard. So, um, you know, we have music videos and there's lots of video content in it and all that kind of thing. And, you know, that kind of stuff wouldn't work on just an audio podcast. It would work on you know, video podcasts and, you know, Morocco does a lot of instructional stuff. So, you know, maybe some of that could be put into the podcast as well, video wise. There's, you know, there's, there's a lot that could be done, but you know, whether we'll take that step, I don't know. But, but how would you vision it? Like, would you vision it three blocks? Like in my mind, all I can think of is it would have to be similar to like, if you watch a cable news show and they're talking to three different people, you have three boxes. Doesn't that make it hard to kind of like watch? There's a bunch of ways you can do it. So I've got um, like a video switcher here. So we'd have our three videos. So it could be, you know, when I'm speaking, I'm full screen and you two guys are small screens below. Um, Or, you know, when you're speaking, you go full screen. And, you know, there's different ways to lay it out. But but what's quite interesting is that you could could have some pre-recorded video in there. Um, which you could always drop in and, you know, it would be seamless. So Mareko, for example, could be talking about, you know, his latest pattern that he's been working on. And, you know, rather than try to explain it and say, you know, in, in his, this is the video of me, you know, oh, right. doing whatever. You know, so there could be instructional content in there as well, which could be quite nice. But I don't know. It's probably the natural progression. But, you know, as and when that will happen, I, I don't know. It's a lot of extra work. It is. It's a lot, it especially is. like if, like, you get that video ready, you know, it's just like, and then all of a sudden it's just like, oh, it wasn't lit right or it doesn't sync right. Or, I just, I don't know. I, I get, I, I, when I, the, the ones that I have, I, I've never watched, I'll take it back. I did watch when Mareko was on, uh, did they do it live on YouTube when he was on Joe Rogan? Yes. Yes, they did, yes. I watched that live and it was mm-hmm. cool because they were able to, they had, a, I think they had a camera operator. Obviously they're sitting at the, in the same set with mm. two different, with a table on, they were on either side of the table, and yeah. they were able to kind of like switch yeah. the camera. Well, we could do that. We, that's what I'm saying. We could do that. Oh, okay. Uh, but at the same time, you get three different backgrounds. I just yeah, wonder if it's going to be hard to like watch, you know? Yeah, that's something that we'd have to work on, making sure we've got the same backgrounds, you know, making it as simple as possible. But uh, it's like, it's weird. It's like even with like TV stuff, there could be stuff that's maybe on netflix that anybody could watch at any point but let's say there's like a really good movie that i like if it's on the tv 
I don't. To me, it's a bit more special. Is that sort of shared yeah. experience, knowing that there's tens of thousands, or you know, possibly millions of its TV, you know, people watching at the same time. And I think that's really sort of played out in our podcast when it comes to our sort of live calls. People want to be sort of part of it. Yeah, they can listen on Monday, but you know, to be part of it live is 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 something a bit better. Um, so yeah, it's 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 one of those things. I'm sure we'll get there one day. Um, but um, yeah, it'll be interesting if we do. I tell you, you're exactly right. That is the number one biggest problem with podcasts. There are moments in history I remember where I was mm. listening to the radio. I remember when Howard Stern was ta- talked a guy off of the George Washington Bridge who was going to jump. I remember when the police came and got him, and he just kept him on. He just started talking to him on the. It was really funny actually wow. because he was saying like, "Look, I want to go home," and this is really a, such a imposition to me. And it really, you know, it was really funny. I mean, he was like, <laughs> and then like, he was just like, you're not, I just don't want you to jump because I need to go home and I need to get some rest. And this is like, he was, I mean, it was fantastic. Then a woman came who was listening to the show and then the police came and then the police got on the phone with Howard, you saved his life. They had a whole, and they had, it was like, it was just so, it was an, I couldn't stop listening. I mean, it was like, you know, remember where you were. And there are moments in the radio where you feel like you're part of something. You feel yeah. like. And it's with podcasts, it's almost impossible. You can hear, did you hear the last episode of Whatchamacallit, whatever. And the great thing is, is the, the the worst part of radio is it's usually not cataloged. I mean, like maniacs like you and I were taping the, the radio. But like yeah. to be part of an amazing event was like, you'd have to hear about it. Podcasts, you can just kind of fast forward. And, and to the point where I love radio and I love these events. And actually something just happened Last week or the week before, last week I think it was, there's a radio guy down in Florida, and his name is, you're going to love this name, his name is Bubba the Love Sponge. You heard of Bubba the Love Sponge? <laughs> the Love Sponge. Bubba the Love Sponge. Oh, geez. And he's, he was a shock jock, kind of out of the Howard Stern School, Opie and Anthony School. Really like fast I, I had a hard time listening to him because he was a little bit too high octane. You know, be- before, you know. Be- before you go on, remind me when you finish to talk about the sex flannel. I will talk to you about the sex flannel, but that reminds me, uh, Bubba the Love Sponge was famous for using shock collars in his shows. And one bit he had was he had one where he was putting it on women's genitals, and he called it Shock the Puss. Oh, Jesus Christ. I think it was meant to be Shock the Puss. (laughs) And it was like... And it was like, let's get one from Morocco for next week. It was, I mean, it was he. That was he was. It was like extreme, and it, it was really. I didn't uh, like listening to it because just like it gets to the point where a lot of those shows, like if it's, it's just too much. No, the lesbians. I got gotcha. you. It's just like it's a little bit too much. Yeah. So recently, and he was, you know, he's traveled around, and you know, these radio guys they get you know fired and hired and fired and hired, and he's all over the place. I think he's down in Florida now, and they had. I guess he and his whole crew down in Florida, everyone don't give a fuck anymore. So I guess they all got COVID. And this was, you know, I have an actually an opinion on if you get COVID now, like it's, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty lame. I mean, if you get COVID now, my, my wife and I were talking about what the, what's the cutoff? No badge of honor now. No badge of honor. When's this acceptable? And when is it like you're, you're, if you get COVID now, I mean, you, you're, 
just suck. You know, he's just a horrible human being. I got it when the first album was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. We, Hillary and I were, my, my kid and I were just like, we were the only ones. See, we, we got it in the first wave and it was noble. We were, we were, we were the family of a frontline worker as a noble cause. Now you're getting it because you, you know, you, you know, snorkeling with somebody and you're saving the same snorkel. It's all, it's all you. So I guess Bubba the Love Sponge and his whole crew got, coronavirus and they they decided well we all have it we might as well do the show together so on the in the middle of the show he was bubba was like i feel really bad and it was a live moment where he was like i guess it's you know 103 fever he was really in bad shape and he walked Ooh. off the show and it was like that was the radio buzz that like that was where were you you know, you where were you when you when you heard Bubba the Love Sponge walked off the show and they played it on a pile of different shows and it was like a big deal. It was a big wow. deal. And that's what's missing in radio now, these incredible moments, you know. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, my bad. In podcasts. So if we were to be able to do something live, we've had some Yeah. You know. Um, but we also get the bonus of it being cataloged as well. Because then that's the, the bonus. Know, past episodes oh, are there yeah. as well. Yeah. So we could yeah. tell people to go to, you know, Ben Jam and Cocker, we know which, which I know I was like one hour, 14 minutes and something, something seconds. Exactly. Yeah. You know, but, but, uh, you know, that's, that's the best part. But I mean, at the same time, being able to like be involved with a live show is, yeah. and I know we're going to get the, you know, the, oh, we have a whole bit on unsolicited advice. We're going to, we're going to get my email is going to be filled with, or my DMs are going to be filled. Here's how you do it. And, yeah. Well, I mean, there's not really a platform for us to be able to do this, like, audio live. Right. Um, you know, we can use things like Clubhouse and all these different things, but people need to sign up. and then we ju it, There just needs to be, like, an open platform, which is almost like radio. It basically needs to be radio, where we could do a live show. Because we're set up for it, you know. We record as live. We, You know, we don't do any sort of editing afterwards now. We record as live. But if this could go out, you know, live at, you know the times that we do, which is a great time now on a Friday. Oh, great. It, would, it really would be great. But, you know, what we don't want is people having to, you know, sign up to some sort of obscure app that wouldn't, you know, be available in three months' time and all, the, you know, all these things. It's... But that's hmm. the... But that's the... That has to be the next, the logical progression for radio. Because radio in the United States is like, it sucks. I mean, it's always sucked, hmm. but it used to not suck as much. And it seems as though... Radio stations are now starting because they have to compete with satellite radio and they because they have to compete with, compete with podcasts. They're going to have to give some podcasts the opportunity to be have a radio spot. Like you would have thought so. Yeah, I mean yeah. it has to be. I mean, I remember when when after Howard Stern left uh, terrestrial radio, it was a, it was the biggest vacuum of space because he was syndicated all over the country. He mm. was he was he always will be the biggest name in radio there's no question he was he was the first guy to syndicate all over the country except for i think wolfman jack did too but that's a whole different ball game um and when he left everyone was trying to say well what do we do now and they they changed the format of their old radio station to be all talk and no music at all so they mm -hmm. ended up having like six live radio shows that were comedy and it just sucked and it, it was hard to do and just wasn't able to do it and there, there is value, and I know that uh, the uh, there was a a show called a radio station Al Gore started called Air America. It was like a kind of a pr really the antithesis of Fox News. And it was all like kind of democratic, uh, liberal talk that was live radio. It was 
with Mark Marin and all these Chuck D and all these great guys. And there's a value to being able to figure out a way to have, because there are great podcasts out there that aren't, mm. that are like ours where knife talks too niche to be that's the thing, thing yeah it wouldn't it, we'd never be able to be on any sort of other platform yeah, apart from our own i think but you know there's internet radio and stuff but again it requires people to you know download a specific app and uh, yeah it's, it's not ideal not ideal i would think that at some point someone's going to figure out a way because you know like when we talk about this a lot about youtubers YouTubers are now using one. Well, I know Alec does, and I think I don't know who who else does, but they use, and you know more about it, the type of cameras that allow you to kind of like send the files, and then they can run on TV. So they're must- yeah, well, yeah. I mean, they're they're just you know they're just four K cameras, so you know the footage that they take then could then run on broadcast TV. Um, yeah, I'm, can you imagine if the iPhone? Had because I mean podcasts really only started because of iTunes, right? Being able to you know get audio in that way. Imagine if all iPhones come pre-installed with a radio app, and anybody could start a stream on that radio. You know, like you, a podcast. You should. Anybody could start that stream. You're you're making it. You you told it. You put it out there. But, but it would only work if it, if it came automatically on everybody's phone. So and you know there was just a simple link that you could press. So, you know, somebody could then send that link to their friends. Say, oh, the radio show's on later. Listen to this. But you I mean, know, simple there, as that. Not download this app, set up an account and all these things. But there are there are apps. I know that there's an app in the United States called iHeartRadio. And you can mm. listen to almost any radio station. And most radio stations, you can just listen online anyway. Like, I listen to, uh, if I get bad reception in my shop for a radio station, I can go to the website and then I can hear it. I mean, it's I probably yeah. there's a but, delay, but but that's a whole station though, not a show. So, for example, if we wanted to go out on something like that, none of these stations would pick up, you know, knife talk. Right. Yeah, you know, we'll give you a slot because you said we're we're so niche. Um, but imagine if we could just put up a show, nine p.m. We're going live. You know, that that would be great. There's at some point that's going to have to happen. I mean, people sure. are, and, and I'm sure people will message us and say that already is happening. But what I'm saying is, it's it's not. You know, commonly know it's not you know not every folk know right. about it. Right, which, that's that's the problem. Like iTunes Live or something like that. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That would be so much fun. I, I tell you what, I love doing podcasts, but having phone calls hmm. is so it changed the game a bit. It for changed us, yeah. the game to the point where I was thinking this morning. I was like, you know, I could ask Craig if he wants to open up the phone lines. But then I thought, I don't want to steal, I don't want to steal our own bit, you know? Because it would be fun to do like a love line or like, you know? (laughs) The love hour. I mean, we could do, we could do, because this is, I mean, think about it, because now all of a sudden you're on here and we, if you wanted to, I'll give you the full blast password. If you wanted to someday, we could do, we could do the love talk. We could do love talk. I mean, I don't, it sounded weird, but we could do, we have an advice show. I don't know if anybody wants our advice, but I mean, clearly take it. Uh, but again, that's the thing. If it was radio, we could just spin something up quickly and send a link out. We're live now. Right. You know, and that's, that's just not available. Well, how would it? you, do, I mean, what would be the way that it would happen? What would be the way that, how could you make that happen? There are ways of doing it with internet radio and you use, I think it's called an RTFM stream or something like that you'd need to create. And But it's, 
again, it's just not one of those things that most people would know how to do. We'd have to have instructions and right. you know, people. It just needs to be as simple as a link, doesn't it? And right. Kind of thing. But, yeah. Well, this brings me back to, I mean, we're, we've had this nice little conversation about radio, which we both love, and this brings me back to why you're here. And the reason why you're here, just to finish the story and start in the beginning, is I got this guy. and Wrestler. <laughs> the wrestler this is he's a big good dude real good dude real nice guy i reached out to him a few months ago and i just thought we know each other how would you like to come on my podcast and then i thought i'm sure everybody asks him that and then i didn't hear anything and then he wrote me back i'd love to he gave me his cell phone number his cell phone number and his email and i was like Actually, what you said was, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish Not that I'm telling people who the wrestler is, but he may have said, oh, yeah. <laughs> That's right. Macho Man Randy Savage from the grave. He <laughs> dug his ass up. <laughs> is he dead? Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, that, one, that one hurt. That one hurt. Poor Randy Macho Man Savage. So, um, so then, you know, and then I was like, all right, fine. So in my mind, because I like to set people up, I like to, I don't want to have, I don't want to have, I don't want to talk to the guy tomorrow and not have some, a plan because it's yeah. like, then all of a sudden it's just like, you know, you miss stuff. And so, so I gave him, he gave me a, I, I he said, well, I said to him, what do you want to come on? I'll give you, give me a date. And he's just like, and he didn't respond back. And I said, look, I wrote him a message. And I said, look, you tell me when you want to come on, I won't bug you. I won't say another word. Whenever you want to come on, you let me know and we'll go. So then I thought, all right, fine. I'm just going to, I'm going to, you know, keep scheduling people in and just keep going. And when he, you know, wants to go on, I'll come on. And um, meantime, I started watching his TV shows and I started watching his movies. And I started, I started to, you know, slowly, slowly kind of have an idea because I'm thinking if he calls, I want to make sure that I'm, you know, I spend an absorbent amount of time watching the things that he's been involved in. And it's been really interesting. It's been a little obnoxious for my family, but it's been, you know, really super interesting. <laughs> So he sends me a message saying, I haven't forgot about you. How about after? And then he gave me a date. And I was like, okay, well, how about the 19th of April? And he says, that sounds great. And I'm like, okay, great. I scheduled next week. So I said, it'll be after, blah, 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 blah. And then I'm getting closer. And then, and then after last week with Matt Stagmer, I just started like focusing. Because I want him, I want this to be something that I, you know, this is the way we get into. And I say we because I feel like it's important for all of us to like start to get good shit and talk and get good things going on. And I feel like it could be good for all of us. Knife talk. I see knife talk is like the sister show to the full, the, the brother show to this. I'm the sister show to full, to knife talk. So all of a sudden I started getting, I guess it's Saturday. I was just like, I haven't heard back. I sent a message like, what time you want to do it? Hadn't gone back. Hadn't gone back. And on like Sunday, yesterday, I'm a mess. I'm just like, now I have to figure out who to have on. And I was talking to you and you said, I'll oh, come on. I was like, oh, it was such a relief that you, that you offered to have to, to come on. And it was just such a relief because, you know, we can just, we do this and it's, 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 it's so much fun. But, at, you know, at the very last minute, he says, hey, I just got my schedule. I'm promoting so-and-so and such and such. And this is too hard for me to do tomorrow, which I was just like, I felt like I should have said to him, like, you can say, and I kind of said to him, you can say no. Like, you're not going to offend me. You know, I, I'll, I'll keep going. You know, it's fine. But, like, don't hang me. Don't hang me out to dry. So hopefully we'll have him on. I'm not angry. I'm not mad. I'm looking forward to speaking to him. I, the, my problem is I have real 
mental problems in regards to anxiety. That's the problem. Like I can't, mm. I can't shake it. Like I have to like, I want, I only do well. Things go well for me when I'm organized. You want, you, I think you always want things to go super, super well. So you put a lot of research into, to everything. So even, even Dharma Steel now on, on the weekend, I know you've put a lot of extra stuff in that, you know, I haven't turned. <laughs> you don't have, don't, you know what? Um, I'm happy to do I, it for you guys. You, you, you definitely get the comfort in that, don't you? Knowing that you're fully prepared. And, and even when we're talking about knife making, you're, you're very much in that same way as well. You get your, you get scheduled for the day and you're not going to leave until that is done for that day to put you in good stead, ready for the next day. I don't trust myself. <laughs> I had to, you know, I went to, board, I went to private school. Here's how fucking stupid I am. I went to private school. My parents put me in private school. And then it yeah. only went up to the ninth grade. And then I had to go to a secondary school, high school, to, to finish high school. So I had to pick one. I got the choice to go to uh, co-ed school, liberal, you know, no, you know, very liberal, you know, no uniforms. I went mm. to, th I had the choice to go to three with beautiful girls. And just like, I was like, and then I had a choice to go to the, almost exactly the same school as I had gone before, shirt and tie, all boy. And I picked that one because I didn't trust myself. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a hundred percent truth. I mean, I did not trust myself. Oh, jeez. And oh, and the geez. and so what has been going on, especially with like, you know, the things that I've been involved with. If if you look at the statistics, when I prepare and I don't wing it, I do substantially better. So I yeah. try to overdo. I would rather like, I have a, some people are going to have to die so I can tell a couple stories. <laughs> when I, I, when I, I had, I'll tell you, so I'll tell you, I'll, fuck it. There was a person in my life who was not positive. And then I had to deal with this person when another person in my family passed away. And I was really worried about it. And I have to be a little bit vague because there are still things going on, blah, blah, blah. And I ended up going to I ended up going to a therapist who was also like a life coach. And the life coach part I didn't care about, but I like I needed advice because I have to deal with this person. And I needed some guidance. And the person gave me all this guidance. Well, this is the kind of personality this person has, and here's what's gonna happen, and here's what's gonna happen. You need to prepare yourself because here's what's gonna happen. And then when I finally got in the position of dealing with this person, everything that the coach had told me came down exactly to the point where I was so prepared for all the reactions that were going to happen. And they were very uh, belligerent and ridiculous and crazy and like scary if you weren't ready for them. Yeah. I was prepared. Like everything he said based on the, the, the psychological profile of this person to deal with, he prepared me for. They're going to say this, then this is what you do. They're going to say this. It was like I was prepared like a trainer prepares a fighter. And mm -hmm. the whole experience was like, it was so traumatic after it all happened. Like I said, I know this is like, what, the, the, what, the, what are you talking about? I have to be vague because that's the way it is. I was so prepared by this person that I was like, it was such a relief. And I felt like a hero. Like I dealt with it in such a heroic manner because I was prepared. And that's yeah. when I really kind of realized it was like the more preparation you have and the easier it is, the better you're probably going to do. Hmm. And I think a lot of, I, I certainly didn't think you were that way until we started sort of working together. 
Um, I think a lot of people who would listen to whether whether it's Full Blast or whether or whether it's Knife Talk wouldn't think that of you. I think they'd think that you were very seat of your pants, um, ready to rip and explode at any point. Right. But it's it always surprises me how, uh, pre- as you say, prepared and ready for any eventuality you are. Um, whether it's whether it's whether it's with the show or with 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 your knife mate. That's very kind of you to say that. And here's the thing about podcasting: radio voices and podcasting voices. You can be sincere, and you can be authentic, but ultimately, at the end of the day, these podcasts have to be interesting. And they, mm. part of that is also the way you talk. And you have to, you know, there's a lot of tonal changes and you have to be a little bit unguarded and you also have to be a little bit bombastic just the way it is and you have to figure out ways in which to get an idea across in a funny way using words that people haven't heard before you know Hmm. i mean i was talking to mareko about this part where we almost got my wife and i got rabies and i was listening to it i was just like i don't know what you do you you bonk the bat over the head with a with a, you know, you bonk the hat, bat over the head, and you stick him in a food processor and check him for rabies. It was a crazy thing to say, but it was like, you gotta, you gotta be a little bit more adventuresome with your words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I was listening to that this, as I said, this morning because it was, I was editing it, ready to put it out, and my wife was listening over breakfast too. And you're talking about bats, and she's like. Jeez, we've got dozens of bats up in our loft at, at any one point. We've always got so many. I'm thinking, should we get checked for rabies now? I don't think you so get it's, checked. So educational content as well. Jeff. <laughs> I, I think saying. I scared a shit ton of people. <laughs> uh, my dad used to. My dad used to have bats, and his wife. <laughs> my dad was such a pussy. He'd be under the sheets. And his wife would be out there with a tennis racket, with a tennis racket and a a pillowcase, and Uh, beating up the bats with a tennis racket. So like bats and mice on the same. I don't know. You were saying? Sorry, I was just going to say that this. I'm talking about the the, the bats in this house. We sold this house today, by the way. Congratulations! Yes, really quick. Holy shit! Went on the market on Thursday. And I had a phone call from the agent today saying somebody wants it and they're going to pay, you know, full price. Holy like, shit, congratulations. <laughs> well, it's it's good news and bad news. <laughs> so the good news is, Uh-oh. yeah, we sold the house. Um, but the, the other house that we've bought, it, it, it needs so much work. But now we've got like three months to get that house ready. Otherwise, we're going to have to rent somewhere in between. Oh, you know, man. So yeah, so now it's all hands on deck, and I mean, it has been anyway. We've had you know we've had sort of you know five tradesmen on site most days since we bought it. So and that that takes a lot of, sort of management as well, you know, and a lot of. Are you the G- sure Are you got, the general contractor? Basically, oh yeah. no, making sure they've got everything they need, and uh, and now it's just going to have to ramp up even more. And I'm like, oh man. So yeah, so I I forgot that was yeah that was our good news today. That's huge um, news. It is big news, but. Yeah, it's daunting as well. Very daunting. Do you, but what what it does mean is my new shop, which I've sort of been planning now for months and months, that's going to have to happen like next. That needs to be the next job because, you know, I can't not be working when we move from here. Right. I mean, you know, we need to go straight into work. So that needs to be done ready. So, yeah, that'll be starting, you know, this week now. So that, that's quite fun. When do you think you'll be able to live in there? Well, we need to be out of here by the end of July. So the other house needs to be livable. <laughs> wow. So at the moment, there's no kitchens, there's no bathrooms, there's, you know, there's nothing. Um, so it's all all hands on deck. 
Do you think that, because right now in the United States, we're in New York, the real estate market is very interesting because people are moving out of, because you, people are now realizing, well, I don't have to be in New York anymore to, and I don't, yeah. have to, I don't have to go into the city to do my job. We can get out of the, you know, get out of these apart, these super expensive apartments and get a place up, you know, like an hour away or whatever. And yeah. the, 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 the real estate market is crazy. People, I mean, like we could have, I mean, the funny thing is we could, we wanted to move for years, but it's just like, I said to my wife, I was like, yeah, we could sell the house in five minutes. We still have to buy another house that's like going to be just as, probably even more expensive because because the market's so good for for sellers. Yeah. Is that the case for but you or? Definitely. So speaking to the agent, um, he said exactly the same thing, that all the, all the Parisians, for example, they're all moving out of Paris in their droves and realizing what they can get for their money outside as well. Whereas before, you know, they were like any major city, New York, London, wherever it is. If you, if you're there, you're paying a fortune right. for what is going to be tiny. Um, so yeah, now you don't have to be there to work because so many businesses are now saying, you know, everybody's work from I'm at my wife's company. That you know, everybody's work from home there. Um, it's everybody's now got the option to move out of these cities, and you know, it's not just the fact that you're going to get extra space. You're not going to be surrounded by people. So if you know, God forbid, we get another sort of pandemic there's far less risk when you're out in the sticks. So you can get a much bigger house for the money. Right. You can get a cheaper house. Um, you're not commuting anymore, and you can enjoy your sort of land and the extra space you've got. So he said, yeah, there's there's a huge demand for houses outside of cities. Um, and, you know, just in our village, we've had some Parisians move in over the last few weeks. Do you th So it, that, it's definitely a thing. That has to help the local economies of these smaller towns got to it's got to yes yeah and i mean where we are in very sort of central rural france a lot of um british and dutch own houses here and some of them are sort of second homes right. so that they're, they're not being used that much so the fact that um you know parisians <clears throat> excuse me or you know from other french cities are coming here is is yeah it's a big boon i think for any sort of small village you know i tell you what you land on your feet every single time like because you just bought this other place like, I mean, I'm saying just bought. I mean, it hasn't been... It hasn't been it's been a few months. It's yeah. been a few yeah. months. But, I mean, you weren't planning on... You were originally going to just rent out the place that you're living now. And all of a sudden, it's like being able to throw a house up and then selling it within three days is damn well, good. It's last... What was it? Last summer, we... You know, we're in this house now. We're going to stay in this house the rest of our life. And, you know, this there's so much work still to be done in this house. Um, but my sister came over and she was staying with us for a while and she was looking for houses over here as less for like a small holiday home. So as she was out and about looking for houses, we stumbled across this other house and we're like, do you think we should go and have a look at this house? It seems more suited to us. And my wife's like, oh, no, you know, we're, we're committed to our current house. We're, we're good. And I was like, well, let's just go and have a look. So, <laughs> so I still remember her face when we when we got there. So we're being showed around by the agent and stuff. And this is just all pie in the sky stuff. Right. I think we're never going to move. It's, it's just, it is what it is. Um, so I, I leave now with the agent and my, my wife's still in the house having a look around. And the agent's walking me around the gardens and so on. We're having a chat. I'm like, well, where, where's my wife? So I go back in the house, went back in the house. She's almost like doubled over, hyperventilating. Why? And I'm like, what, what, what's wrong? What's the problem? She's like, <sighs> We're gonna have to buy the house. Jesus! <laughs> oh no! What? Which is what I wanted anyway. But it was just that realization is like, oh, we got so much work ahead of us. Um, 
So yeah, so a year ago we we hadn't thought we were going to be moving, and now um, yeah, so we bought the house, and the current house we're in, we were thinking, well, what should we do with it? You know, should we rent it out or um, should we use it for something? And one of the one of the ideas I had was to keep the workshop here, and then the house could be used for sort of residential um, like courses. People can come right. build a knife in a weekend, that kind of thing. Um, but I just think it just seems like a lot of stress. We we want a quieter life, so um, so yeah. So we so last week we just like, let's just put it on the market. It probably won't sell anyway, um, but it it yeah. We we've been very lucky, so it sold. So. I, you know what? I'm so happy for you guys because it's like you, people don't need so much stress in their lives. But I, I we can, my wife and I can't do that. We've been in the same house for 16 years, and it's mm. a lot of it's because we're just more conservative, if you can believe it or not, in terms of like. Our goals are to put away for retirement, put away for my, our kids' college. Is she getting ready to go to college yeah. now? Uh, well, in the next couple of years, but we're like, you know, we're almost there, almost ready for her to kind of, you know, be financially able to do that. She's picked up two jobs. Uh, she, she's got a, she's got offered two jobs. Wow. Um, she's gonna work. She's gonna be a lifeguard, and she's gonna work at this coffee shop, which is really cool. But like, cool. we're we're not. We're very. We're very. I'm the risk. Like I say, we're risk adverse, but I'm the risk. You know, I, it's true, 100. percent I mean, we had to. I had to become a knife maker because my we had no childcare. You know, I had to be able to make sculpture and stuff and figure out ways to make more money because it's just we couldn't do it. You know. Yeah. But yeah. we are far more risk adverse in terms of we. I get my wife sends me pictures of houses all the time and. My, you know, the one thing that we're different, differing on is, you know, I'd love a space where I could have a barn and stuff like that. You know, it's the dream of every blacksmith. I have, you know, a couple of power hammers and stuff like that. But yeah. she doesn't want to live in the middle of nowhere. I'd love to live in the middle of nowhere. But we want to get like a firehouse. We want to get something crazy. She and I are both so similar in terms of the, our taste. Like we both. What, what's a firehouse? Like a loft. Like an old firehouse. Like you can get old firehouses where firemen. You know, go down the pole and get in the truck. Okay. You know, okay. we like that. We want, I mean, I grew up in New York City. My like the Ghostbusters. Yeah, like Ghostbusters. Exactly. You know, okay. they have, you, you can do, it can happen. You know, actually, I had an opportunity. They just uh, decommissioned a uh, firehouse in town. And uh, we had the opportunity to get a first look because I knew the fire chief. And... I just didn't want to be a gentrifier. It's not it's this area that was like, it's true. It's just like I said to my wife, I'm just like, if we go, we're gonna be the, we're gonna be like gentrifiers. I don't want to do that. So we like, st- we we decided not to. But we both want, I mean, I want a loft. I want one big room. You know, like mm. I've always liked that. And she's the same way. So we're kind of we always keep our eyes out for like some weird space and stuff like that. But you know, yeah, yeah. But it's 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 a weird one. So when before we moved to France. We, we came to France here for a simpler life because I mean, we talked about this when I was on the show last time, I think, yeah. you know, and everything's sort of come to a head and it's just like, look, we just need to simplify things. So, yeah, we bought this house, which is like extremely rural, all the rest of it. But slowly things have started just getting to that sort of manicness again, that craziness again of just taking on too much, the two of us. And, you know, obviously we've got, the, you know, the two girls now as well. Um, but you like so, that. I feel like you like that. I I don't like it, but that's my natural right. state. I think yeah. I think that's that's what it is. So, and now things are a bit more difficult because we've got we've got babies who take up you know ninety percent of our time. 
Um, so yeah, so that was the decision to yeah simplify, sell this house and simplify, um, just so we get a bit more time back on our hands. You know, I've got like like so many different hobbies and you know plans for things that I want to be doing that I just there's just no time. There's just, and I'm sure you've had the same. You know, when when you had your kid, all of a sudden you just find the time is just gone. There's just none available for for other stuff. Speaking of hobbies, you know we're gonna you know you do have a lot of hobbies. I try to like stop thinking about these hobbies because like i have all these things i want to do and i'm supposed to do but i am very much of the mind like if i don't like to talk about them unless i'm doing them like it it drives me crazy when i say i'm gonna do this and i don't do it so i like really like this tv show thing i i am my i was talking to my wife about it and i said i just don't i don't i don't know how i we're gonna talk to some screenwriters and stuff like that but at the same time it's like I don't know what you know. I don't know what I'm doing, and I don't know how to. I'm gonna. I know we know. I know the idea, but and she's well. If you stop looking on Instagram, maybe you could so so much. Maybe you could write something. <laughs> she blasts me on the table. She's like, maybe you shouldn't sit in the chair. You know, watching reels and and oh, other people's geez. reels, and then you know you could be writing down notes. Hmm. Like, you know, I've fuck. made a, a massive effort over the last, I'd say, two months. Um, that I'm basically not using any of these, any like social networks, really. I'm making them sort of work for me, if anything, you know? So I've got this big thing that I think so many people, and I was the same, and I, I sound like a dick saying I was the same as if I'm not now. Um, but, you know, just being ruled by it, you know? And it's just habit, just taking it out, and oh, i got to look at Instagram, look at Instagram. Um, the only reason I'm using Instagram now really is for like messages, like with, like with you and Morocco and you know, there's certain people that are, those are the only way we sort of communicate. Um, I, I'm generally not looking through feeds anymore. Um, like the inbox is just full of stuff that I'll never, ever open. Um, and yeah, I just think I need to be using it for me now. So when I need to, you know, use it how, how it is meant to be done. So if I got something to promote, I'll use it. Um, but not let me just consume all the time, you know? Um, and the same with, with Facebook and so on and all the rest of it. Because um, it, I don't know. It, it, I, there are times when it just gets me completely down where not the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm down, but it's just the fact that I realize how much time I've, I've wasted in a day. Yeah. You, know, you, you can look at the end of the day or the end of the week when, you know, with, with an iPhone, you get your report how, oh. how much time you've spent on these things. And it's just like, I will not do Jesus that. Christ. I will not do that. I will not do that. I know and I will not do that. I'm going to reel you back mm. in by telling you some of the best recipes we've been getting this past year has been on Instagram by a mile. Mm. Like, there's a lot of good, good food stuff. Yeah. The yeah. recipes, because my kid wanted to be vegan for a few months so we went with it you know like just a face well, he, well here's the funny thing is like the problem is is because she was out of school for exactly a year we wanted mm. to give her the ability to make decisions on her own and we wanted yeah. to support her decisions she, she wanted to you know get in better shape and she wanted to be in better shape for the swim season and the swim season's over and this was her best year yet and her she's the captain and her times were all down and she's like very very you know but when you're a 16 year old kid and you're home 365 days a year with mm-hmm. the only people you talk to, you're, you're, she said to me, you know how lame it is that my best friends are my parents right now? <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> we did everything we could to give her, if she wanted to try something, we just got her electric bass. And I'll tell you something funny. This kid is so 
So she lo- she used to play the piano. I hated the piano because she didn't like to play the classical music. Yeah. And now she loves she she's so smart on in terms of like she listens to really good music and she we used to go to shows a lot and she really loves music and she says well if I if I I need to play it so I can understand it more so mm. we got her electric bass so she's in her now today I came home today and we moved her bass and the amp up to the, to her room so she's on the Zoom class call muted she has the closed captions of the school she does very well. And she has the bass plugged in, and she's practicing the bass in the middle of class. Nice. And I said to her, nice. this is going to be – I'm fine with this as long as your grades don't suffer. She goes, no, no, no. These are like we're now getting into the fourth quarter, and I'm not too worried. And, you know, we're going to be – you know, it, 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 she's she's very like – she wants to go to a good college, so she's very apparent on her, her grades and stuff. But yeah, I'm just like, yeah. I'm not going to say no. You don't you want to practice your bass in the middle of class. If you're, as long as you're not fucking around too much, I don't mind. But the vegan thing yeah. was like, she wanted to give it a try and we all did it. And we got some really good, I mean, I bitched most of the time and I ended up eating more cheese than anything else. But, you know, it was, it, we got amazing recipes on Instagram. Hmm. Yeah. And I don't know whether that's because more people are just stuck at home and more people are cooking or not. I don't know. But yeah, there does seem to be a whole sort of, thing happening on instagram at the moment with food which is good and p.s my kid is not a vegan and she's not an obnoxious vegan and she's (laughs) i have to make this very clear she says there's nothing more obnoxious than getting into something and then not shutting up about it so she did it wasn't like an animal rights thing it wasn't uh you know you know it was it was like i want to give myself a task i want to try to see if i can be do it and that's it and you know, and she did it, and you know, she you know, once she she did it for a couple of months, and she, CrossFit next. Watch. Pardon me. It'd be CrossFit next. You just watch. <laughs> she's gonna make hybrid handles. She's gonna make. <laughs> she's gonna make hybrid handles. No, but I mean, no, she's you know, she's been she's like you know, I took some of this from that. I I can't do this, and I want this, and but it was very much along the lines. It was the, she kept her mouth shut. She didn't talk to her friends because her friends would be you know you know she thinks she's obnoxious. She didn't start wearing like you know. You know, you know, Morrissey shirts, meat is murder. She didn't start doing any of that. She was like very cool. She's a cool kid. She's smart. She doesn't, she realizes she doesn't do a lot of social media. So she just doesn't want to be, she doesn't want people to think she's a, you know, a dick. So. Yeah. But uh, that meat is murder reminds me of something. Was that we used to keep pigs when we were back in, back in Wales. And, and every few months we'd have to do the whole, you know, take them to the abattoir kind of ugh. thing. We, we got there one morning and um, somebody had written a massive spray pen on, on the wall, you know, meat is murder. I was like, all oh, right, okay. So the owner there, he's there now. <laughs> and I thought, he, he brought out all this stuff. And I thought, right, he's going to, how is he going to take all this off now? Is he going to scrub it off? What's he going to do? No, he pulled out another tin, <laughs> spray tin, and underneath he wrote, yes, tasty, tasty murder. <laughs> <laughs> and I took, a, I took a picture of it. So it was, meat is murder. Said, yes, tasty, tasty murder. <laughs> you know what? You have to have a sense of humor at some point. It's just like, you know. To have that job, definitely. Oh yeah, God, please. I tell you yeah. what, I, I have, I have friends who raise animals and stuff like that, and just like I, I couldn't get involved with it. I'm not going to let you forget. You're going to tell about this, the sex sweater, the sex flower. Oh, this because you're about the was it the love sponge you talked about? Bubba the love sponge. I was, I was talking sponge. about Bubba the love sponge. You're going to talk about the sex flannel. Go the ahead. The sex flannel. So I was listening to a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast my wife listens to, and it was on in the car. Um, and it's this UK comedian and his wife, 
like everybody else with their wife, they've started this podcast. <laughs> and um, a lot of their content is from people um, emailing in, you know, the stuff that has happened to them. And um, it, it, the, the whole thing was about the most embarrassing thing that's happened to you with your parents. And <laughs> this woman wrote in saying she was about 14 or 15. She'd gone out like for the night and she'd had a few drinks when she shouldn't have. Um, so when she got home, she went, you know, she sort of snuck past her parents, went straight up to the bedroom, um, you know, so they wouldn't know she'd had a few drinks. Um, she thought, oh, I better, you know, I'm not that drunk. I better take my makeup off. So she goes into um, like the main bathroom, uh, picks up a flannel, which is, you know what flannel is, yeah? Like a, a shirt. No, like a face cloth, you know. Uh, sorry, uh, yeah, a cloth, a face cloth, oh. like a small towel. Okay, okay. I know That's, a, that's a bath flannel. Anyway. So she wipes her face with the flannel, <laughs> goes to bed, wakes up the next morning, and she was like, oh, I couldn't have taken that makeup off properly. Couldn't have taken it off. So she goes downstairs to the um, to her mum and dad who's sitting there having breakfast. And she was like, Mum, she said, I don't know what's wrong with my makeup. It, it, I, I tried washing it off last night, but it hasn't come off, and my face is all, like, stiff now. Um, <laughs> the mum said, well, well, what do you use to wash your face? And she said, oh, the flannel upstairs in the bathroom. And she said her mum and dad virtually dropped their breakfast staring at her. Um, and they explained to her that that flannel, whilst she was out, mummy and daddy had had some special time. <laughs> that was their sex flannel. <laughs> which they, which, listen, they both used oh. to clean themselves oh. off. And because nobody was in the house, they just put it up on the uh, the kitchen, uh, up on the bathroom shelf there, oh. thinking they'd be using it again later. Bunch of, bunch of pigs. How disgusting <laughs> a bunch of fucking is pigs. that? But also, how traumatic for this poor girl being told that by her mum and dad, dad. that she's got not her, not only her, her dad's inner juices, but also her mum's <laughs> all over her face. Yeah, all night. I mean, there's like... Oh. Pregnant eggs on her face now. That's terrible. That's got to be the story of the sex flannel. Big one. came up. I I I don't think so. If you listen to this part, is it is is quite funny. Damn, that's crazy. I told you I walked in. I walked in on my dad and his. My dad, when he divorced my my mom, Mm -hmm. a boy had some. Boy got some busy. My my dad got busy. He was a (laughs) I mean, he was a winemaker in the upstate New York. He had a beautiful vineyard and he was making wine. And like when he was recently divorced, it was like. I mean, you know, he was the gentleman farmer. He was a you know well established. You had to come back to mind to see my big bunch. He's a great dude. He. It was like every weekend. Every weekend there was somebody new there. And it was oh, like geez. I was so I was kind of like, you have a, and I was young at the time too, so it was just like, wow, he, my dad's got a lot of friends that are women, you know, and they're spending the night, and it was special friends. Oh my god, and you know what? And then when I got a little older, I was just like, God, good for you, you know, God bless you. And when he he got re, he married, there was only one bathroom in the house, and it was in their room, and I was. I walked through and I walked in on him going to the back. I walked in on him having sex and she was mortified. She didn't like me anyway. And then, and then the next morning they drew up plans to make another bathroom. (laughs) True story. And then that's when she put in a bidet and I didn't know what a bidet was. And I assumed that it was a urinal. And for years, I just used it as a you urinal. in the bidet. Yeah, I was peeing in the bidet. <laughs> I was peeing in the bidet oh, all the time. So That's one of my fears. That's one of my fears. So at the moment, our 
twins are in like an adjoining room so we have like a linked door so you know we can go into their room if need be um but yeah it's a recurring nightmare i've had of one of them coming in and catching catching me you can't let it happen you can't don't (sighs) that's the pro that's the biggest problem with being a parent is you cannot traumatize your kids (laughs) you you have to do everything you can to not traumatize. (laughs) you lock that door you lock that door how, how did we get onto this Jeez. Well, I mean, it was Bubba the Love Sponge and then and then your Then the sex final. Yeah. Well, I mean, it ain't getting much better than that. Yep, Cr- that's the show, I think. Craig Lockwood's the man. Where are we? Dude, we got to do – someday you figure it out if you want to or not, and we'll do a live call-in show. We'll do an advice show or do a love show. We'll call it We'll call it Jeff and, Jeff and Craig's Love Sponge. Jeff and Craig's <laughs> – We'll call it the Love Sponge Show, and we'll and we'll answer mopping up all your problems. <laughs> mopping with the up sex all flannel. your problems, but in the meantime, guys, next week I have Chris Adelhart. That's Pariah Pariah Knives, Pariah Blake, nice. Pariah Knives. You can't get a better hand uh, hand grinded belt finish knife than that guy. He, I'm gonna pick his brain. We're gonna figure it all out. And then um, we got good stuff coming down the line, but I can't thank you enough, Craig. You're, you're my friend. I, we have great chemistry. I love talking with you and Mareko, and I love talking with you. And I love, I, we, Listen, we, I love talking with Mareko. We had a good time last time. I'm very yeah. fortunate to be involved with you and the Makery Network, and uh, I, I look forward to the future. I think that there's only good things going to happen. I'm sure they will. Sure they will. Thank you for having me. I'm off to um, put some coating on these knives that I finished. These table knives. What would you recommend? <laughs> finish finishing the wood on these. You knives. know, I like Axe Wax. Axe Wax is a is a food safe, uh, all natural wax for your axe or your handles. At this point, Wood likes to drink. Ladies and germs, give him a drink. Axe Wax. Go to axewax.us. Put in promo code Full Blast Ten. Get yourself ten percent off. Buy a couple pucks. <sighs> Craig, you saved my bacon. I appreciate it. <laughs> nice to speak to you again, uh, and I shall speak to you when Friday and Sat Friday and Saturday. Guys, you get, get you're listening to this Friday morning. Get involved. Go hang out with us on Saturday. Saturday, hang out with us at Damasteel. Go to the Damasteel. Uh, sign in. Tickets are free. I guess they're t- for tickets free, and you can hang out with us. You can listen to the show live. You can probably come on in. We'll, you know, you can heckle us from the chat room, and we'll have some fun. So it'll be cool. Right. Lovely to speak to you. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye. The Full Blast Podcast is proudly sponsored by Axe Wax, an all-natural, food-safe wax for coating your handles. It can be used on your axes your knives, or even on your boots, with the full confidence that Axe Wax is safe and durable. Furthermore, if you use the promo code FULLBLAST10, you will get a special 10% discount on your order. So go to axewax.us and get yourself some of the most luxurious wax for waxing your axe. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.